Welcome everyone to the Launchpad here in Puckburg, a podcast for the daring do bad and good puck tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woo! And the you know who <laughs> on the other end of the woohoo is none other than Graham Wallace of Belly Up Sports, a Blue Jays beat writer for Belly Up Sports. So you want to if you want your Blue Jays content, I I know a guy. So Graham. <laughs> How is it going, my friend? Uh, it's it's going well. Uh, you know, we're not in hockey season now, but uh, I definitely was tuning into that crack uh, and draft and, you know, deep into the baseball season. Definitely. That's keeping me busy, but I'm glad to talk some hawk and, uh, hockey puck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hockey and I was going to say puck and I said huck. So, yeah. Hey, you know what? It, huck in the 90s was a really cool term. That's it was a skater term in the nineties. I, I remember that as much. Okay. So you were like you were really cool there with your intro. Yeah. Oh, thank you. If it was like 30 years ago or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you oh, gosh. you tuned into the Seattle Kraken draft. Before we get going on that, what do you think about that Kraken draft? Because I did a three and a half hour live stream with the <laughs> the belly up hockey guys. We yeah. had Slapshot Sweethearts on there. We had No Credentials Required and Cans and Tomahawks. We had Short Shift. We had a bunch of people on there. Yeah. And it was a steaming fart. And what do you think <laughs> about the Kraken draft? Well, I mean, I got to say, by the time it got to be, so it started at, I want to say, 8 o'clock. But earlier in that day, the previous day, I had heard a bunch of leaks come out. And I'm not even, like, I'm not a hockey writer I'm a hockey fan, but I don't typically cover the sport. I, I, I see what's going on with it, but I had heard uh, the first thing I heard, I mean, I'm a Leafs fan. So I heard about Kerfoot and I'm like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to take Kerfoot. And then they made that trade for Jared, Jared McCann. And then they ended up taking him. I heard about Mark Giordano. There was a lot of rumors about Carey Price mm-hmm. as a Canadian person not a canadians fan i i didn't want them to take care of price it would feel like losing a national treasure kind of thing yeah and then they kind of took a bit of a no-name guy at go i don't know much about this dread dredger guy he's uh, he's so so if you were playing a okay. video game he's like a 75 overall okay but he's going to be their their kind of main guy right like it they seem very much like an expansion team i was just talking to a friend of mine and you know the Vegas Golden Knights, they are not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mark Giordano is is a is a tough player, a good leader, but he's in his mid-30s. I, I think he's probably only got two to three years left. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be a tough team to play against, but I don't think they're going to be a good team. I, I definitely think they're going to be a bottom 10 team. Um, the comparable I thought of was uh, Nashville. I, I don't know if you yeah. remember when they first became a team, but they didn't score many goals but they didn't give up a ton of goals and, and they were actually pretty competitive fr- from the get-go and, and they made the playoffs pretty quickly. I think it'll take the crack in a few years, but 
I also think Seattle's a cool city. You know, it's the birth of Starbucks and those great uniforms and it's a cool team name. And Ron Francis is a great hockey guy. So I don't think they'll have any uh, difficulty attracting uh, some pretty big name players. And it's, you know, it's a pretty big city too. And, and like I said, a, a hip, it's known as a hip city. So, and um, they had a really good, which surprised me watching the uh, ESPN broadcast. I think it was broadcast on Sportsnet 360 in Canada, if I wasn't mistaken. But they had. Oh, look at you knowing our channels. Good, good for you. <laughs> yeah, all the way here in Alabama. I'm good at what I do. But uh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, they they had a very surprising representation of Seattle Metropolitans. Uh, that was their original hockey team way back, like in the 30s and 40s. Right. Yeah. And they had that that Christmas stripe sweater out in the crowd, which I thought, okay, so they do know their history, which is great. Um, yeah that seattle team actually played for the stanley cup at one point so it was good that they saw uh had their history and like seeing that you're a blue jays writer a good comparable with how the kraken is breaking into the nhl is how i would uh summarize the tampa bay devil rays when they started sure yeah that very like just mediocre roster to start and then eventually started making some acquisitions i think that's what ron francis is doing knowing that he's got a flat cap cap that he has to handle he's getting a base level low contract youth with the exception of giordano he's getting youth on his team and he's got half a cap to play with and he's going to take advantage of free agency going into next year what we see is a core but i don't think this is the final roster heading into the season yeah i i like that comparison uh and it it's kind of funny because the, the the Rays, they, they dropped the devil from their team name. And around the same time, they became a legitimate baseball team. And, and they kind of developed this organizational philosophy of uh, building around young players and, and kind of being a low market uh, club. And they've enjoyed a lot of success since then. They've, they've been to a couple World Series, haven't been able to quite finish it off, which kind of makes me think of, of the Ducks. You know, they used to yep. be the Mighty Ducks and they were kind of a joke team, a Mickey Mouse team. And it wasn't until they dropped the Mighty uh, that they became a bit more legitimized and, and they too kind of enjoyed a bit more success uh, after that point. So, And I see the same thing going with Seattle once they really refine where this team's going in the next five or six years, that they could introduce a third alternate jersey, being that Metropolitan's theme, um, really embracing not only the new Seattle, but the old Seattle, and also having that as their next step. I don't know who would be their quote-unquote Evan Longoria when it comes to um, like the Rays dropping the devil and becoming the Rays. I think Evelyn yeah. was a key acquisition at that time as well to becoming legitimate. So I, we have talked a little puck, a little baseball, but let's talk about you. How did you sure. find the sport of hockey and where did you uh, find that fandom in its beginnings? Yeah. Um, the first team I really liked, like I, so I grew up in Toronto, um, but I didn't like the Leafs at first. I think um, I, I'll just full disclosure. I was born in 83. So I remember following the Lanny McDonald uh, Calgary flames team. And I don't remember a ton about it, but I just remember I liked them. And my older brother, he, he was a Habs guy. He, he liked Patrick Waugh and, and, and those guys, uh, Guy Carboneau, um, 
having a hard time thinking of that many of, of their other players, but it was kind of a bit of a rivalry between yeah. us. I was six and he was about eight and uh, they, they managed to win that, that one, I believe it's their only Stanley cup they've ever won. And I just remember Lanny McDonald with his big yeah. mustache and, and I was just elated. And I, finally my team won because Montreal was, was really good in the late eighties and the early nineties, as, as, you, as I'm sure, you know. <laughs> um, and then soon after that, I'm not sure if it was Marky Mark and the funky bunch, uh, he he had that the iconic video when he's wearing the Boston Bruins hat backwards. I, I somehow got my hands on that hat and I thought I was Marky Mark. This is maybe a couple of years later. I was maybe eight years old and I, I became a big Cam Neely, uh, Ray Bork guy, which is extremely embarrassing now because I, you know, I'm a Leafs fan now. Uh, sorry to any Leafs fans that are, that are listening. Uh, yeah. I went through a little uh, Boston Bruins phase and I was an idiot kid between the ages of like eight and 10 or something. Um, and, and then around that time I started falling in love with baseball and the blue Jays won a couple world series. And then the Leafs started getting good with Doug Gilmore and, you know, uh, Dave Anderchuk and, and Felix Potvin and the like um, Pat Burns as, as the head coach. And I, I've been a Leaf fan ever since. It's been a lot of pain, uh, some elation and joy, mostly pain. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not changing my team anytime soon. And the, those are my boys. And uh, there's been some great playoff moments and a lot of time with no playoffs at all. Um, yeah, and I, I know all about the curse, but that's okay. I've, I've, I've heard all the chirps. I, I've heard them all. I have a soft spot <laughs> in my heart for Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Um like Steve Dangle is one of my he's one of my heroes and listening yeah. to his, his laments and frustrations on a weekly basis is just one of the highlights of my week. Um, yeah. Ironically enough, one of my favorite players um, is Nazem Kadri. And okay, I was, yeah, I was a huge, huge fan of him when he played with the Leafs. And when we acquired him, I literally did like a parade through my house like that, <laughs> That reverse retro jersey behind me is a Nazem Kadri. Like, I love his Beauty. play. Um, he's incredible. So, like, I like the Leafs. I enjoy <laughs> Kerfoot while you got him. But, um, yeah, I can understand. And, like, it's okay uh, to jump on that Bruins bandwagon in the 90s. I think I found out about the Bruins in the 90s from, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, the host of Guts on Nickelodeon. He always used to wear the Boston oh. Bruins jersey. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think Cam Neely wasn't he in Dumb and Dumber in the yeah in the Kick dinosaur ass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with the Bruins in that time, and hey, they were able to get out of the first round. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's it's... nothing wrong with that at all. So <laughs> no apologies there. Oh, it's just it, it, it's in not embarrassing but i just think about a few some of the recent battles in the playoffs between the leafs and the bruins and how kind of a hated team they've been amongst leaf nation and um obviously with uh the, the one player on their team I, i'm drawing a blank on his name uh Mark sham sorry yeah. he he's not a very well liked player at all um he he is a canadian uh but They've probably become the team I, I, I love to hate the most, uh, probably along with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, it's just that rivalry, you know, it's nothing really personal. It's just I can't I can't like you. Uh, yeah. Ottawa is another team that I, I can't really root for. But at the end of the day, I'm Canadian. So, you know, when the Canadians were up against Tampa in the 
uh, Stanley Cup finals, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be a sweep and then they, they won a game. And then I found myself being like, okay, let's, let's win maybe one more. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt so weird for me, but uh, did you I'd find, rather them win it. Did you, uh, uh, this is something I've been wanting to ask with a Canadian yeah. fan, like I, I being a leaf jumping on the Canadians bandwagon, I can see where with the history jumping on that. Yep. Were you one of those that jumped on the Canucks bandwagon when they made their finals run? So again, uh, kind of talking about how old I am. I remember both of the Canadians Stanley cup finals, uh, 1994, they had a great team, mm-hmm. uh, Pavel Bure, uh, Trevor Linden, uh, Kirk McLean, and, and they went up against the New York Rangers and, and it was a great, great Stanley cup final. And they had chances to win that, that series. And, and, and obviously they blew it. Mark Messier, the promise. And, you know, um, Against Boston, I I wasn't really rooting for them, but I, I it, 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 there's a difference between rooting and not wanting the other team to win. And there yeah. was more that. And I just think Canucks kind of showed a bit of a lack of, of fight at times during that series. I just remember the defining moment of that is, is I think it was Marchand, continuously punching Sedin in the face. Yeah. And kind of no one coming to his his rescue or or his aid or nor did he snap and kind of hit him in, with a stick or anything. So that was kind of hard to watch. And then the riot, of course. Yeah, and and that's and that's exactly <laughs> the point, the moment I was going to point out because something about like how everybody kind of jumped on the Canadians bandwagon in this Stanley Cup. Yeah, that was severely lacking with the Canucks in their last Cup run. Um, they kind of felt like they were on their own. Um, like there was no CN Tower being lit up in Canucks colors, so yeah, it was a. It's just an interesting little contrast, and I didn't expect everybody to jump on the Canadians bandwagon so quickly. Um, so it was it was just me from afar. I get to observe these things, but um, it was just it was interesting to me. So I was just curious on how that worked. Yeah, so I mean, just kind of as a Canadian, Toronto gets a lot of the kind of. I don't want to say hate, but dislike from the, the rest of the country sometimes because we're the center of the country. We have the, the most money, the most people, the most sports teams, uh, a lot of the relevant media coverage. Um, so but Vancouver, they're way out on the left coast and they're one of the other big cities. So I think a lot of people who maybe live in the Maritimes or even Saskatchewan or something, they're like, well, I don't I don't care about Vancouver. You know, yeah, it's so maybe I don't know if it's because of the distance or or what it is but uh toronto is probably the most hated city but vancouver is probably in the top five i'd say interesting and i was i know vancouver they were kicking the tires on that being a bubble city for a little while as well before edmonton yeah. got that because of the olympic site um that was already yeah. that was already there and um for i think the cases started climbing around that time so they just decided to move that bubble to edmonton so um so going back to your origins with the Leafs, um, I know it's an up and down. There's not a lot that Leafs fans can rally around, but what was that moment like that st- stood out to you about the Leafs in particular where you're like, this is a sport because a lot of people could take it or leave it. I think you're, the national hmm. sport is what, field hockey in Canada? Um. No, it's it's hockey, but we've also invented basketball and lacrosse is the other uh, national it. sport. Um, one, so. of, one of my earlier ho- uh, guests on uh, here in Puckburg, uh, King DeWitt, he's a documentary filmmaker. 
out there and he was talking about uh, the, the Leafs fandom and the state it is that we're just like, yeah, lacrosse, we'll just go with that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, the other one, yeah. It's the other one. Um, <laughs> and hey, the Raptors are cool one time. Um, so yeah, what about what what stood out about the Leafs? Um, you said you had a brother that was Canadians. Um, yeah, was it just the um contrarian in you that made you decide to go Leafs, or was there just a player that you idolized growing up? Well, that's definitely part of it. I, I remember we had these these old books. You 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 were kind of talking about on a recent episode with with the stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of kids who grew up in the eighties or or you know the nineties remember these kind of things. Um, I think it was definitely contrarian, but I think the reason why I was gravitated towards Calgary and Boston for the first couple of years of my hockey fandom was because the Leafs were no good mm-hmm. uh, in the late eighties. It was it was the end of the Harold Ballard uh, era. Yeah. He really wasn't a very good owner. He he was more of a penny pincher didn't really care that much about winning um so i i definitely remember my dad talking to me about it when when he passed and how you know it's never good when someone leaves the earth but it might open up some opportunities for them to be a bit more of a competitive team and i vividly remember going to a skate with the leafs thing when i was about seven or eight years old and they were just starting to kind of pull themselves out of the misery that that they'd been in um and, and they had guys like Mike Crucial Niski. Uh, I, I, mm. Trying to remember some of the random players. I remember Don Cherry was there and he gave me the, the thumbs up and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> and, and I think that kind of um, got, you know, hooked me, if you will. And then it was the 92-93 season. Uh, they won their first 10 games uh, right out the gate. They still had Wendell Clark, who was, yeah. you know, an awesome player. Uh, they had Doug Gilmore, uh, Nikolai Borshevsky. They, they just had a really, really good team. And I remember they were in the playoffs against the Kings. They had a three, two lead and I was playing like house league soccer at the time. I never played hockey. Um, But I remember we had a game or a practice and I remember thinking to myself, they're going to, they're going to go to the Stanley cup tonight. Like they're going to beat the Kings. And then we're going to play the Montreal Canadians in the Stanley cup final. And it's going to be the greatest. Of course they lose that game. There's the infamous non-call on the Wayne Gretzky high stick, even though it made uh, Gilmore bleed. Uh, that wasn't called. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, funny how that the, works. <laughs> the, the referee didn't call that. Um, so you know, and then the next year they they were they were right there too, um, but they weren't able to get to get it done. I'm, I guess they lost against Vancouver, that Vancouver team we we talked about earlier, and they, they've had a couple other conference finals uh, appearances. Uh, but I think they lost against Buffalo when they had when uh, Hasek was going really good for them and. I believe that random year, uh, Carolina uh, made the finals and lost it, I think. It it was in the early 2000s, but that's about as close as it's been. And then it was just like a good decade plus of just not even being close to to being a competitive team. They they seem like almost an expansion team for a while. And then recently, we've made playoff appearances and then just losing in the first round, which we were supposed to, which makes you know losing to montreal this year in a series where clearly the favorite so painful yeah um you could with 3-1 lead um i I believe they had a better a a better team but the better team doesn't always win and yeah more pain (laughs) and at what point of your fandom when it came to um hockey did you kind of segue into writing for the jays or when did baseball come into prominence uh, I, I mean, I've always loved baseball. Um, 
it's sort of similar to, you know, like I, I, I love the Blue Jays when they, when they won the World Series, but a little bit before that, I found myself really a big fan of the Oakland A's. They had Ricky mm-hmm. Henderson and Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, the Bash brothers, and they, they just had a really cool team. And I, I found uh, baseball cards, you know, I just yes. fell in love with baseball cards and, you know, setting a different lineup with, with my, with my different baseball cards and, you know, pretending to play with them and stuff like that. Uh, that's what really makes me think about how much, I, you know, I, I love sports and stuff like that. Um, I just, I, I've, I found, I, when did I become those other sports become my favorites? Basically, that's hard to say. I found as I got 12, 13 years old, I got more into football and, and basketball too, which was kind of my own discovery because it was less of a family thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as covering the Jays, that's been more of a recent thing. I decided to do it last year, just kind of out of fun. Um, I wasn't working at the time. The whole lockdown was, was fairly only a few months into it, but I was growing restless. We'll say, yeah. um, I did study, um, like sports media at a career college here in Toronto. So I was doing some of that stuff before, and I was actually the uh, public address announcer for York university uh, hockey for a few years. So that was, that was something that was really exciting for me. And it kind of got me back into it, if you will. Um, I think my fandom took a bit of a hit with the whole new NHL and the, the, the lockout and the shootout and stuff. It took me a while to adapt to that. Because I, I didn't, and I still don't think it's a great idea. No. Um, I, I think it's really hard to care about game number, you know, 46 out of 82 between Anaheim and San Jose. Oh, like, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the tie. Um, I, I think the salary cap is a little bit too much of, of an issue mm-hmm. uh, sometimes in the sport. But it, it's still a great game. You know, it's it's the fastest game out there. It's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, you can't look away. You might miss something. Um, it, it just kind of developed. I, I, I found it, it swung back to, to where baseball is my favorite for a while. It was probably, probably football, but I've been, sometimes you get turned off by some of the things that go along with, with the culture of, of a sport. Yeah. And see, and that's one of the things I wanted to like hit on in this conversation. Like I, like I, I host the hockey podcast and I talk about my avalanche and my devils, but like I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. I'm a New York Knicks fan. Like I have my sports like Atlanta Braves fan, but it's one of those things that certain things about your directions of your team or certain aspects of the league changing. will it just kind of shifts the ranking when it comes to things. And here lately, the Colorado avalanche for probably the past three or four years have been on an upward trajectory. Yeah. To where the Braves have been kind of floundering. The Knicks are a running joke at this point. I mean, they're being referenced as a joke in uh, Disney's Soul. They were a running joke in that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, they made the playoffs this year. That's something. <sighs> That's uh, They even won a game. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Sorry, <laughs> I have all the money in the world, but can't make the team... Uh, can't actually sign players that actually want to be there. And like the Titans lose the Super Bowl by a yard. Um, oh gosh! Back in yeah, two thousand, Kevin Dyson, Steve McNair. Yeah, I guess the Rams. Like, it's those things that like you. I can observe and like I can hear you talk about like how you talk about the game of baseball and hear other people talk about their sport. But it's also relative to the team and like 
the uh, trajectory of the league that they're in as well. Like yeah. it's just for me, um, the Devils and the Avalanche, they have always captivated me, especially here recently with how they've been going. So where the other teams, I'm just like, if I turn on the Braves game tonight, I know what I'm getting. We're either up by 12 runs or we're going to lose seven to three. And it's just embarrassing. Just we'll play 500 baseball all year long. I'm just used to it at this point. But it's interesting. Like you rode with the Leafs for a while and the the Jays kind of stood out to you. And you and something about like the Jays and your involvement with them. Things have gained traction there. And that's where you are. It's just the uh, the Loki timelines for everybody and just the little shifts and things it's uh dictates everybody's story and I just I find that aspect of things very fascinating yeah I, I mean the thing with baseball is like there's always something to look for in 2019 the Blue Jays almost lost 100 games um but we had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and we had all these guys coming up in the pipeline so I always think like with baseball even if your team is terrible there's always something to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with covering the team, it, it just gives you something even more to be excited about. I just figured I, I'm already watching all the games. I, I'm already writing down things in my notes. Why don't I just expand upon that? And, and like uh, writing for an actual website and having a larger audience just makes it even more exciting. Um, yeah. Like I found I've been a little turned off by some of the cultural things in, in some of the other sports. And now baseball is not perfect by any means, but I find there's more of a gentlemanly kind of aspect with, with baseball and hockey players. Um, there's just a lot of kind of off the field stuff with, with basketball and football that have, I still love those sports, but um, it made me tune out a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, it's those things that you like or you don't in sports and what you can gravitate to and what you stay away from. Like you're talking about like the, uh, the shootout and the overtime rule and the salary cap being like huge turnoffs where like, it was one of those things that I was like, ties bothered me because like pulling the curtain back, like I'm kind of a geek. So like, I like keeping stats and like, I have like always a notebook at arm's length and I'm watching every avalanche game. So like keeping track of stats and trying to accumulate like win loss, tie regulation, win um, regulation loss it's drawing out a lot of stats that you could easily condense. Um, Like I was cool with like losing a game in a shootout. I thought that was just incredible. Like nothing like, I, I hated the feeling of, well, I guess after that hard fought game, they tied. Like it just, yeah, it didn't like baseball. They'll play for until there's a winner and see yeah. like, and with baseball, I'm not a big fan of the additional runner on second base when it comes to extra innings. Well, they, they're going to get rid of that for next year. They've already said, um, I'm okay with it. I, Sometimes it, when a game goes into extra innings, it feels like it could get into the, when it starts getting into the 14th, 15th innings, like, oh gosh, like this, this could go on forever. And that could really, really handicap a team as far as their bullpen's concerned. Now we got to call up some guy from Reno or, or, or something, yeah. you know, and uh, so I get why they're doing it. I, I, I'm not huge on it either. Maybe they could 
do a something in between and have the runner start on first base in the 11th inning, the 10th I, inning, it, nothing. It's normal baseball. And then maybe the 11th inning, you start putting runners on or, or, or it's just an idea. See, me being the old uh, quote, the Simpsons man yells at cloud. I was just like, <laughs> oh. I was like, ah, oh. Well, why are we putting a runner on? This is just cheapening the game. But like, there yeah. are people that like like that, and it and it solves the nineteen inning, twenty one inning games, and especially with the still uncertainty when it comes to this COVID climate. If you're staring at a doubleheader in two days and you're playing a twenty one inning game, uh, playing basically two or three doubleheaders is not yeah. ideal for a baseball team right now. So. Um, I, I completely understand that. So, and it's, it, like I said, it's all relative to what stands out to you and things you can gravitate to. Like here lately, I've been getting into the, like MLS and just like these new upstart leagues. Like we have, um, the USFL coming back and yeah, we got, um, Birmingham, Alabama is getting a G league, uh, basketball team starting next year. So oh, what's, what's the affiliate? Do you know the affiliate team affiliated team? New Orleans Pelicans. We are going to be the, huh? uh, the Birmingham squadron. Well, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about that league uh, as far as its development of players and even, even coaches. I mean, I, I'm a Raptors guy. So Nick nurse, yeah. uh, I just, I read his book earlier this year. It's, it's a great read and he talks about grinding in, you know, overseas in London and different leagues. And he ended up in Iowa uh, in the G league. And it, it really, he talks about how it really helped to develop his craft as a, as a coach. I still think he's really one of the best coaches out there. And he, he talks about how that really helped, helped him develop his skills and trying different things. You could try, we're going to do nothing but shoot threes this game, or we're going to do nothing but uh, drive to the basket. This he, he tried a lot of different things. You could do that when you're at not necessarily the top level. So and that's kind of interesting birmingham is definitely needing some kind of sport because all we have around here is college football um we have like blazers uh, yeah uab blazers (laughs) baby (laughs) Uh, we got uh it's college football dominant here and we have like the birmingham bulls they are an sphl minor league hockey team okay so this will be our uh, first new venture into a new like minor league sport I mean, we have the Birmingham Barons there, the Double A affiliate of the White Sox. So Michael Jordan played for them. Yes, they were featured in Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have so this G League team is a big deal. At, in the early two thousands, we had a Canadian Football League team in. Oh Birmingham. gosh, we had, No, we no. had the Birmingham Barracudas. Oh gosh, I could never think of that. I always think of Las Vegas Posse or Shreveport Pirates. That's what, what a it, nightmare. Oh that, gosh. Birmingham Barracudas. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous idea, but you look at that logo and that jersey, and it's an opportunity wasted. That was a beautiful look. Yeah, that's it, this the, the CFL expanding into America was just a disaster. Um you know, capped off by the American singer singing No Canada as if it were. Oh, Christmas tree. It's just, it was just such an embarrassment. And then yeah. also culminating in the Baltimore Stallions hosting, hoisting the 1995 uh, Great Cup championship trophy, which is just uh, pretty bad for any, any Canadian or any uh, proud Canadian. But uh, what can it, you do? And it's what CFL rules don't translate to a SEC football rabid fan base down here. So 
the it's it's a hard. <laughs> Why thing are they kicking get... the ball? It's only thrown down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get this. Where are the field goal posts in the wrong spot? But uh... I have to ask you though. I know this is your show, but I'm so curious. Like, I think first of all, I think it's so cool that you're a huge hockey head and you're from Alabama, which that's that's football country. It is. Which, I mean. I know this is your show, so you don't have to talk about like how you got into hockey and all that stuff. I'm sure you do that slowly, incrementally throughout time. But are you anywhere near Tuscaloosa? And have you been to a Crimson Tide football game? And what is it like if you have? Sorry, uh, that's like 10 questions. <laughs> I am an hour away from Tuscaloosa. I, okay. would, I would never be caught dead in Tuscaloosa. There, wow. I am an Auburn football I'm an Auburn Tiger. Oh, War Eagle. Okay, I yep. got you. I, I, I'm a big college football guy, yes, too, so I know uh, all about that traditional stuff. Okay, uh, wow. I am about an hour and a half, maybe two hours from Jordan-Hare. I have been to multiple football games at Auburn. Awesome. Um, it is one of those experiences that I will recommend to anyone. If yeah. you're going to a college football game, you must go to a rivalry game. Oh, so have you been to, what do they call that? The Al- that, uh, that would be the Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl, right, yep. I have, uh, those tickets I have not been able to get. I have, I've watched the kick six game. It's one of those things that you have a party for. You have an Iron Bowl party. Sure, yeah. And what my family usually does, they'll have the Auburn fans on one side of the living room, Alabama yeah. fans on the other side of the living room, and everybody just yells. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um that's awesome. It's it's a, I have um in my little studio here I actually have leaves from the bush that surround Jordan Hare and grass okay. in the field because I got to get on the field after a game. Oh, that's so cool. But it's and we I know I was talking about the Birmingham Bulls. We also have Alabama and Auburn hockey. And before, yeah, before that's that's awesome. Yeah. Before the Bulls came around, that's the only hockey that we had around here. So for $15, you can go watch Alabama play like Vanderbilt or Tennessee. You go watch Auburn play, whoever they were playing, and then UAB. So you get three games for $15, and you sit there all day long and just watch hockey. But then Alabama and Auburn will play each other in what they call the Iron Cup. <laughs> it, it is, it's not the greatest quality hockey. It'll yeah, I be bet. Like 13-10 in the score. But wow the crowds are incredible that's cool but yes i'm i'm i mean it's what you do around here um college football is just a way of life and it's one of those things like the origins of here in puckburg it's like i spent my whole life defending my hockey fandom like against the grain of like college football and yeah right mlb and nfl and i had to beat the drum that hockey is an actually not only a legitimate sport, but it's my favorite sport. And yeah, for those that have seen the wall behind me, like it's covered in hockey jerseys I've collected throughout my life. And if you see me outside of my house, I'm usually wearing something hockey and people like, will give you a look, but like, that's the origins of this show is like, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're in, like into, if you're a fan of hockey, the hockey community like we're all a family together, no matter who you are or what your background is. No, that's great. I mean, as a Canadian, when I like a lot of us kind of become obsessed with, with American media, ESPN and, and, you know, CBS and all these different channels and, and, and websites and stuff. And hockey is such an afterthought. It's like football, 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 college football, basketball, 
you know, college basketball, you know, baseball, college baseball, like the, the golf racing, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll say about 25 things, fighting, boxing, and, and then, oh, and uh, NHL playoffs coming up next. And, like, it'll just be a throwaway line at the end and it blows my mind. But also as a Canadian, sometimes we, it's like too much hockey. There'll be a, you know, a, a, an hour sports center show and like 52 minutes of it is hockey. And it's like, it's like game three of the NBA finals. How come that was a throwaway for you guys? So I think there's a lot of frustration on both sides of the, of the border um, with Americans the, the hockey community are sometimes frustrated by the lack of hockey coverage. And a lot of Canadians like me that are into baseball and basketball and college sports and hockey too, but we want a diversified uh, amount of coverage are, we're sometimes disappointed in, in, in what we find. So I guess we just have to cover it ourselves and, and tell a story the way, the way we want to. Right. And that's fascinating that you're like, you're all about like American media when it comes to things like that. Like, me i'm all about canadian media i know my tss and my sports nets and i oh like, i love that and like my favorite shows are like it's like uh schitt's creek letter kenny um trailer park boys I've, yeah i'm and like oh. I, I start every season down the road about 15 minutes from me there's a little tavern and the owners make legitimate poutine and that's how i <laughs> that's how i start every season I love that. Honestly, Kyle, when I first, when you first kind of came on board with the company and I knew that you and Alan kind of had a friendship or whatever, I thought you were Canadian. I legit <laughs> thought you were maybe from the East coast like him. And then it was only in the kind of more recent days that it's like, not only is he American, but he's from like way down South. Good for him for, you know, maintaining his hockey fandom. And it just makes this whole thing so much cooler. I have born and raised in Alabama. Like I have, I've only like lived three years of my life outside of the state, but I am born and raised here. I've actually had people reach out to me on uh, here in Puckburg on the Twitter and ask what province I'm from. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Oh, well, hate to disappoint you, but. <laughs> okay. So do I have an accent? See to me? No. Okay. <laughs> I think you have a slight one, but it's not like super Southern or anything. It's I. Well, my mom, she grew up in like Belgium, so she's like European. Okay. And my father grew up in South Carolina, so okay, it's like a beautiful just blending of I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm de I definitely there's no uh, I definitely don't sound like I spend my weekends at Talladega, but <laughs> no, no, you you like. It, I'm saying there's a slight one, but I think it might just be my brain telling me that because I know where you live. Uh, so it's I've, not. I've yeah. had many people ask, be um, convinced that I'm from Canada somewhere. And eventually I'm just going to pick a place. I don't want to be from PEI. It's too rainy, but I'll, I mean, I did like Avonlea and Anna Green Gables. So <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> well, you're an honorary Canadian come down and we'll go to, Go to a hockey game or a baseball game or something. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. And I would probably eat poutine every day of my life. It's like my favorite thing on earth. So and we actually know how to make it here too. Yes, well, true. I guess more so in Montreal, but uh, Ontario can make some pretty good uh, poutine as well. Well, hey, Graham, before we wrap this up, this has been absolutely incredible. And hey, anytime yeah. you want to come on here and talk hook, 
the tour is open. <laughs> the I door. guess I have to call it that every time now. Oh, gosh. So before we get out of here, why don't you uh, throw out how people can find you and uh, your Jays coverage? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's uh, Bus Wallace, uh, B-U-S-W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Uh, the B and the W are capitalized. On Instagram, it's the same thing. Bus Wallace, it's all lowercase. Uh, you can just find me uh, on Facebook, Graham Wallace. Um, I'm the Blue Jays beat writer, so I'm pretty uh, obligated to write about the Jays, you know, uh, about once a week or so. But I've been writing a lot of trade deadline stuff and different things about baseball. And I've been appearing on different shows as well. So it's really cool to, you know, work with my my belly up uh, colleagues and kind of get to know each other and, you know, pretty some cool some cool content. So really been enjoying that. So uh, come come find me there. Absolutely. And uh, Graham, the door's always open here, my friend. You are considered a permanent resident here in Puckburg. So oh, anytime thank you, you want, so much, anytime you want to come on in, you are more than welcome. And if this is your first time uh, finding here in Puckburg, uh, be it through Graham's work or just stumble on it, um, follow the show. We're on Twitter at H Puckburg on Instagram here underscore in underscore Puckburg. We have a Facebook. Um, and I think that's all the socials we have. But if you'd like to come on and give your own puck tales, you can email the show at here in Puckburg podcast at bellyupsports.com. So, Graham, again, thank you so much, my my Canadian brother. <laughs> <laughs> brother from another country. I don't know. Yep. But hey, it feels like the same one. Yeah. I will sit here and watch the national anthem be played, but I will sing O Canada until my, my voice cracks. Oh, uh, I love it. It's it's incredible. But Graham, thank you so much for coming on and everyone else. Thank you, thank Kyle. You. Hey, anytime, my friend. And everyone else, thank you so much for stopping by Puckberg, and we will see you again soon. <laughs>